Hey guys, Jess Drucker here from Adventure Calls. I can't tell you how many times I've been traveling somewhere in the world and thought to myself, no one in the entire universe knows where I am, but 48 hours. These are the most critical moments to find you in the event of an emergency. Waiting for the legal process to access data to your last whereabouts can take weeks when you only have a matter of minutes or hours. With Help You Find Me, you have your own secure and encrypted If I Go Missing file that can give your most trusted people access to information much sooner than the authorities can get it. Each person you share it with has their own access rules and everything is completely encrypted. Not even Help You Find Me can access it. You can also update your location, submit photos and screenshots like of your latest Uber ride or the license plate of a bus you're traveling on. It's as easy as texting with a friend, but it can also be a total lifesaver. Find out more at helpyoufind.me forward slash adventure calls and get a 10% discount when you sign up. That's helpyoufind.me forward slash adventure calls. Hey, adventure seekers. I'm excited to be giving away two tickets to Wanderfest, the first major outdoor travel festival by and for women, located in downtown New Orleans on March 12th and 13th, 2022. It's put on by Wonderful, a leading collective for travelers and travel creatives on a mission to help women travel the world. Travel lovers from around the world will come together at Wanderfest for a weekend filled with inspiring speakers, live music, a Celebrate Women global marketplace, excursions around town, and more. All you have to do to enter is to visit wanderfestevent.com forward slash adventure calls. That's wanderfestevent, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-T dot com forward slash adventure calls. And we'll pick a winner on February 1st. Welcome to season three of Adventure Calls. I'm Jess Drucker. When this show started back in season one, just at the beginning of the pandemic, I started it because I was afraid we would no longer travel. I couldn't picture entering the world again as a traveler or an explorer. Now, not only do I think we'll get back out there and travel, but more people than ever will be working remotely from places around the world. Since at least the start of the 20th century, Work wasn't just a place where we made a living. Work was something that anchored our entire lives. We applied for jobs to advance our careers, and then once we got that job, we chose homes in towns and neighborhoods that balanced commute time into the office with quality of life or quality of education for our kids. Or the reverse, we chose jobs, and therefore careers, that were within proximity of our homes For better professional opportunities, we uprooted happy lives and moved across the country. Or we maintained otherwise unhappy lives just because of our job. Today, where work gets done is no longer a factor. Today, how well the work gets done is all that matters. Offices no longer dictate where we live, where we have families. Remote work releases us from that tether. We can even work wherever makes us happy whether that's on our couch, from a local co-working space, or on the beach in Mexico. One in four Americans is working remotely here in 2021, and 36.2 million Americans will be fully remote by 2025. That's an increase of 16.8 million people compared to pre-pandemic rates. Ponder, for a moment, a single mother with a managerial role at a tech company. What does that life look like? 
20 years ago, this would have been 5.30 a.m. wake-ups to prepare breakfast and lunches, showering and getting yourself together before waking the kids earlier than necessary, just to get everyone to school on time so that you can make it to the office on time. You'd have a powerhouse day packed with beatings. Your blood pressure would increase as the clock ticks toward 5 p.m. because you, no matter what, have to leave. You have aftercare pickup, dinner to make, homework to do, bedtime to personalize and make special for each kid. And then you have laundry and dishes and garbage and bills and everything that you possibly can pack into a life after work, after family. So what does life look like today? for that same single mother with a managerial role at a remote tech company? Enter today's guest, Libria Jones. Libria Jones is a remote work specialist and founder of the Quick Commuting Conference, as well as Wandering Moms, the 22,000-person community of moms who literally want to show their children the world. She was the founder of the 2016 My Wander Year Project. She's also the mother of a college-age daughter, And by day, Libria has a full-time job as an IT project manager for a software company. Her job is, of course, remote. In fact, Libria has had remote work for over a decade, and she helps thousands of people find remote work through her Instagram, YouTube, and other channels. Libria is an absolute icon for all of us who wish to find balance as professionals, parents, and travelers. And we want to live our lives untethered. Libria is here to show us how. You're listening to Adventure Falls. Labria, welcome to Adventure Calls. Hello. I like how it was so dramatic. I know. I like the dramatic. I feel dramatic about talking to you because I really am obsessed with you. I already told you this. (laughs) Um... So first of all, to establish, I did say your name correctly, correct? Um, yeah, you got pretty close. Damn. So the stress is on the first syllable. It's Libria. Now, a lot of people say Libria, but it's Libria. Look, I looked on your website and it was all caps Brie, B-R-E-E. And it said if I got it wrong, we would move on. So I knew I could go for it. But damn. I appreciate that. Damn. I appreciate that. I like for people to give it a shot. Here's a fun fact. Okay. My brother says it that way. My own brother. Okay. So. So I not, feel pretty good. I'm never about offended this. when people say my name wrong. Right, it's all right. good. Okay. <laughs> Libria. Now we got it. Okay. Um, so I'm obsessed with you. Let's tell people why I'm obsessed with you. I'm gonna let you intro yourself rather than me butchering it, but like let's you do a lot. Um, so let's just get into what is like the high level of how you would describe your work in the travel and adventure space. Team doing the most. Okay. Uh-huh. So I took a group of people around the world for a year back in like four or five years ago. But I think that's what people know me most for. Um, And I only did it once. (laughs) For a year, for 365 days. It's a lot. It was a lot. Um, And then after that, I did start um, sending people to setting people up in different countries for one month at a time. Like I sent a group to South Africa for a month, Thailand for a month, uh, Kenya for a month. And I also and the co-founder of a community of moms who literally want to give their children the world called Wandering Moms. And that community is over 21,000 women. Uh, We actually just got back from one of our momcations in British Virgin Islands. Uh, We took, I I think it was a small group, just about 14, 15 moms. 
we went uh, sailing for three days around the British Virgin Islands and then stayed at a beautiful resort in Tortola. Excellent time. No children in sight. We barely even talked about those kids. Um, (laughs) So I do that. Um, I also am a remote work advocate and social educator. So I teach people how to find and land remote jobs. Uh, I have this audacious goal to help 10,000 moms land remote work so they can do great work from anywhere and show up for their families in the way that they desire. Um, And then on top of that, I do have a full-time job. (laughs) So of course. I work as uh, an IT program manager uh, for a uh, software consulting company. <laughs> nice, which I assume is remote. It is absolutely remote. I've been, or off and on, I've been remote for the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been with this company for maybe three years. But in my interview, my first question was like, do you care where I work? And they said no. And I said, okay, what day you want me to start? <laughs> wow, nice. Okay, so all of these things, like the intersection of all these things are really why I wanted to talk to you um, today. Because first of all, just just the, the Wandering Moms Facebook group, which yesterday, just to like refresh myself, I looked at it. It, is, it says 22,000 now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I think okay. you may have well, ticked over. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow. Um this hits home for me, you know, as a, as a relatively new mom who was a wild animal digital nomad expat for 15 years, you know, before this part of my life. Um, I am obsessed with this, uh, group and I love, um, I love the conversations that take place within this group. So first of all, and it gives me hope, you know, not only for me to know that I'll travel, but I love that you want to show moms how to show their kids the world. How did this group start? Is it, did it start because you became a mom or like, what's the origins of this group? Uh, funny enough, um, I connected with this woman named Tanae Bernard, who had moved to the UAE with her three children as a single mom. And uh, she was coming into town and and wanted to stay and asked if she could stay with me. She actually <laughs> she actually dropped a comment or a post in this other travel group that she and I are in asking if anyone had a couch she could sleep on when she comes into town for this event that the travel group was hosting. Um, so she was basically asking to sleep on a stranger's couch. <laughs> And I was like, girl, I have more than a couch. I have a whole guest room you can stay in. (laughs) So um, she was planning to come and stay with me. And she and I both single moms love to travel both in this travel group. And she hit me up and said, she was like, you know, while I'm in town, we should host a brunch, an informational brunch for moms who are interested in traveling with their kids or moving abroad with their kids. You think you can help me put that together? And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Um, And so as I was putting together the flyer for it. (laughs) I was like, well, we got to call it something. So I just called it Wandering Moms. And I put pictures of me, her, and our kids on it. And I think six people showed up to the brunch. (laughs) It was six people, me, her, and like six other people. And I started the Facebook group really just to share the pictures because I didn't want everybody to have everybody's email address. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to email these pictures out. And so I was like, maybe I'll just start a Facebook group. And I don't know. We look up, you know, a few years later and it's 22,000 women. (laughs) So it was really it started from a desire to just let other women know that it's possible, that we're not grounded once we have kids. Um, And a lot of the conversations that we have with moms who are new to this group and early in their travel journey is really around getting over fears 
right? Getting over this idea that it can't be done, getting over other people's expectations because you've got so many, I'm going to tell you something, nobody, (laughs) I feel like motherhood is the one thing that everybody's got an opinion about. Everybody. Everybody has a freaking opinion about how we should be raising our kids. And I hear so many women, you know, just share some of the things that their family members have put on them, friends have put on them, right? About traveling with their kids, about moving abroad, about whatever the case may be. Um, and so one of the things I love about this group is it's a it's a safe space where um, we can help women kind of get over that. Who's here? Who, someone said that they, they shouldn't take their kid to New York because it's overstimulation. And wow. Traffic. And I was like, what? <laughs> People live there and they have children there. So <laughs> there. what are you talking about? <laughs> And she lives in Atlanta. Traffic? Come on. Yeah. Um, so it, it just became a, a space for us to encourage um, moms that you're not grounded once you have kids. You can do anything. Um, it's just logistics. It's just things to figure out. And then two, to provide information and also to bring a community together so that people can connect and make friends that are like them. And just the name alone, like when you just see that group available on Facebook, the idea of like unanchoring yourself as a mom, like wandering moms, it's like an oxymoron for some people, like those two things can't possibly fit together. And by putting them together in one title of a Facebook group, you're basically saying you absolutely can. Here are 22,000 people that do it or are interested in doing it. And I think Mm -hmm. you can't be what you can't see. You're right. Most of the people around you, like all the kids, you know, at the all the other parents at the school or the daycare, whatever, like, you know, they go to soccer practice and violin practice and they're back and forth and that's all they focus on yet there's Mm -hmm. all these moms out there who are like let's go to south africa for thanksgiving and bring the kids right right it's amazing i mean i took my daughter around the world for a year and she still played soccer because people play soccer all over the world Mm -hmm. obviously it's called football but she played soccer we stayed in four different countries for three months at a time in every single country she was on a soccer team so, I mean, then that was one of the big things that people ask, like, well, what about school and what about her extracurricular activities? I mean, kids do school and extracurricular activities in other countries, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Totally right. And also, I think you being an example showing showing other moms that you can do that with your daughter. I think you stated like it was like every three months you moved to a new country with this group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just you being an example is is so important because like you can't be what you can't see. And like the minute you see someone who did it, you're like, well, it's not impossible. And it's not crazy because you seem to have a very good head on your shoulders. You're not out there, you know, like making her live on some kind of a boat or, you know, like a submarine or some crazy thing. Like she just had this wonderful experience. And so did you and you shared it. And like that is so inspiring to me. Thank you. Thank you for saying I'm not crazy. Um, no, you're not crazy. <laughs> uh, listen, I say this all the time. I started my book that way, uh, How to Move Abroad, because I started it literally, you are not crazy. Because yeah. everyone around you will give you a million reasons why what you want to do is impossible. And then the minute you look outside of that group, you realize, oh, there are literally millions of people who do what I want to be doing. So why shouldn't yeah. I do it too? And that's the thing, you know, you don't have to RSVP to other people's fears. And that's the thing, like everyone telling you, that you shouldn't, you you can't, it's crazy. They are relying on fear and they're giving you advice about something they know nothing about, right? They've never done it. And so they don't know how to do it. And we fear what we don't understand. We fear what we don't, <laughs> what we don't, the things that we don't get. And so it's, my approach to that is, as, except that it's coming from a good place. People love you, they're mm. afraid. 
Mm -hmm. right? People Mm -hmm. you, they care about it. You can accept that it comes from a good place and then you don't have to RSVP to it. Like you don't have to join them in, in that fear. Um, and (laughs) a lot of people, the conversation always comes back to stability, but what about stability? Children need stability. Here's the truth. You are their stability. Mm. You're the constant, regardless of if you decide to move to a different place every month, if you decide to just live in a different country for a whole year, two years, whatever the case may be, you are the constant. And children are way more adaptable than adults are. Yes. We get to be less adaptable the older we get, right? Because when you think about it, a child's entire life is about following the decisions that we've made for them. They don't make any decisions. We decide where they go to school. We decide what they eat every day, what they wear, all of that. We make all those decisions and we can decide to change it. Sometimes we move out of the city. You know, sometimes we move to the suburbs. Sometimes they have to change schools. The stability doesn't have to be the location that you're in. It doesn't have to be the school that you go to. Stability can be our routine is that we pick up and move every month. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I, I believe that whatever lifestyle you create for your child as a parent, that is where the stability comes from. It yeah. does not come from buying a house in the suburbs and going to the same schools for 13 years, that's 12 years. totally correct. <laughs> Although I did just buy a house in the suburbs, but that's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. But I mean, like, I, stabil- mean, I bought a house in the suburbs. Yeah. I definitely did that. Yeah. And then we left for a year and then we came back to the same suburbs. You see, I mean- yeah, and that's a really important point too. And I and I think I had read that about you as well, but that is a really important point. Like you're you you're not blowing up your entire life by going off to do this really special thing. Like you can have that same life back if that's what works best afterwards. But now you have had that adventure and it probably changed both of your lives forever. It definitely did. Um I, and I, I just think that at any time you can change your mind, right? You can try it out. If it doesn't work, it can come back. Uh, you can do something different. I didn't want to come back. Yeah. I didn't want to come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she was <laughs> like a teenager, right? With her friends. Yeah. So that's why we came back. Right, right. You're like, we would still be out there right now. Uh, we would still be out there <laughs> if she didn't want to graduate with her friends, which I get. I have the same friends that I had since I was eight years old. Um, I am now 43. Mm-hmm. So that is a lot of friendship. <laughs> That's a long, long friendship. And so I truly value that. So when she said she wanted to come back and graduate with her friends, I was like, yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But goes to show like, you can take a pause, you can take a break, you can take a detour. You get to decide like, this is our one and only lives and we are in charge of it. And the children will be fine. The kids will be fine. I promise they will. Right. And it's absolutely right. But I think not only will they be fine, but they will have seen you in a light that other kids don't get to see their parents. They will understand that like you as a person, I think a lot more, which I think provides tremendous value. And they they will also understand that there is only one life. I think when kids see us waiting to live our lives until, 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 that teaches them to wait until they, you know, until it's safe enough to take this risk. Like they'll end up waiting longer too. I think what you're doing or, you know, what what all parents who travel with their kids like this are modeling is, you just have this one life and like, let's, let's work it out. Let's be responsible. Let's make a plan. You yeah. know, we're not going to jump a train and go, but like, <laughs> you know, like, let's make it work. And, and that's just like, so, so admirable. What kind of moms do you see in your group? Now, do you see the whole gamut? Like, do you have the moms who are like full-time nomads, you know, traveling all the time yeah. with their kids and then just like the moms dipping their toe in the water? Yeah. So with a group of 22,000 people, you're going to see, 
some of everything. While we were in Thailand, um, one night I was walking through the night markets and I saw these two young girls, two beautiful young girls. Um, they were, they looked like they were about my daughter's age. So I stopped them, stranger danger, but I stopped them to talk mm-hmm. to them. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I'm, I've been looking for some young girls to hang out with my daughter. My daughter's here. Is your mother nearby? Can I meet her? So they walked me over to where their mother was. Um, and turns out she was in Wandering Moms. No. And she and her husband basically put up their real estate for rent so they could get, you know, uh, passive income and just decided to start traveling and unschooling their daughters. Um, so you've got that. You've got another wandering mom who she and her husband sold their house, bought an RV, and they just traveled the U.S. and they homeschool their sons. You've got, you know, people who there's another wandering mom who just several wandering moms who've moved to Mexico and either their children are in international school, they're in online school or they're being homeschooled. Right. And then you've got some moms who just, they pick up and go every summer. So there's one mom, her kid is in traditional school. I think they live in Texas. They live in Houston, but every summer they go somewhere for a few months. Right. So you've got pretty much the gamut. And then you've got moms who are really just kind of just now getting into this. Right. So they're just now taking their first trips uh, with their kids, either whether that be in the U S or whether that be abroad, we've got the experience level completely spans um, from uh, novice or just interested, I'd say, (laughs) to, you know, full-time travelers. And the lifestyles are truly very, um, there's a variety of different lifestyles in the group as well, which is really, really cool. Because you get to see, like you said, you can't be what you can't see. I love that. You see all of it in that group. And there's so many people that are like, am I crazy for thinking I can do this? And then you go on Wandering Moms and you see somebody doing it. You're like, oh, no, I'm not. And it can be done. Someone's doing it. Yeah. Um, pretty much almost anything that you can think of, uh, any lifestyle that you can think of when it comes to travel or being digital, digital nomads um, is, is represented in Wandering Moms. That is so amazing that you built this group from from such a small you know, group of people so many years ago. And I think now in this like post pandemic alternate reality that we live in, this is the first time where people are completely shifting their mindsets to like, why should I commute? Why should I go into the office? And I think even, you know, those who never would have considered before a non-traditional lifestyle, now it doesn't even make sense not to consider it. So are you seeing an uptick in the number of people that are paying attention to you for your uh, for your remote work advocacy? It's so funny because, you know, I've been screaming this from the rooftops for five years. Yeah. Right. Um, there's no reason why we should have to go to an office. There's no reason why so many of us should be spending, you know, such a huge portion of our lives in traffic. For some people, commuting to work is basically a part time job at this point. Mm-hmm. That they don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Cause it's, it's from when I first moved to Atlanta, I was spending 10 hours a week commuting. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right. My commute was an hour each way. So that's 10 hours a week. That's mm-hmm. a part-time job. That's right? right. And I didn't get paid for any of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been talking about this for five years and it almost feels like I've been in this empty room <laughs> saying these things. And a few people were trickling in like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds cool. And then all of a sudden, 
this flood of people are like now hanging out in this room with me. And I'm like, it's so great to have you all here. (laughs) Yeah. But what you're doing, you're not just like shouting in a room and like having people join you. What you do and what I, what gives me so much hope is you give job opportunities. And what, what I mean is you are literally listing available remote jobs and showing people like, here's one, here's one, here's one. How, you you have a, where where am I consuming this? Uh, I kind of forget at this moment. Am I getting this I from a newsletter? I on Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Um, so I do like these remote job roundup reels on yeah. Instagram where I'll share like, oh, here's some random remote jobs that I found if you're in healthcare. Here's some remote jobs I found if you're in education. And the reason I do that is because, you know, I can I can get on Instagram and, and talk about there's remote opportunities available. You guys should really be considering it. But it's a whole nother thing for me to like put it in your face and be like, look, this remote job fits what you do. Yeah. What you do every day, someone else is doing remotely. You should too. Last week, I think you posted a remote science teacher position. I mean, come on. Like literally, if you could be a science teacher remotely, you could do anything. Am I right? I know doctors that work remotely. I know um, therapists. Therapy is huge remote right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And telehealth has completely blown up since the pandemic. Not just because it it was necessary because they had to go online because they didn't have a choice. Everything was closed. But also because so many more people were struggling, right, with mental health. Um, But I, I say this all the time. Unless you're a train conductor or you're doing surgery, or you literally drive trucks. Like most jobs can be done remotely. If you're if your work is on a computer, it can be done remotely for the most part. But like how do people take that leap? Because I think the leap is first a mental one, right? So how do you how do you go from like having this traditional nine to five sort of life to having the nerve, I guess, to leap into a remote career? I think for a lot of people, the biggest challenge mentally is ex- accepting that it's possible for them. A lot of people don't think that it's even possible, right? Um, They either think that they're not technical, so remote jobs are for developers and technical people, or they think, I don't have enough experience, right? Um, Or they think my type of job just isn't remote. And um, it's, it's, which is why I share so much, right? Which is why I share so many jobs and Pretty soon I'm going to have people join me live on Instagram who work remotely because I want people to see themselves in these roles. And so step one is people, they'll say I want a remote job, but they won't even look for one. And I'm not even talking about the application. Let's we can get there in a second, but they won't. They'll say I want a remote job, but they just assume that it doesn't exist. So they don't bother to look for it. Right. Or they assume that remote jobs don't pay well. Yeah. Probably don't pay as well. I right? think that's that a big was, one. Yeah, I was in that position. Yeah. At one point. Um, I was working as a project manager for a software company. And a friend of mine was like, you should come and work for my company. They hire project managers remotely. And I had finally kind of crossed over into the six figures. And I was like, there's just no way somebody's going to pay me six figures to do this from home. Right. I was like, I'm not going to get paid as much. I hadn't even. And then one day it dawned on me like, I'm making this assumption. This is an assumption. Is it true? I have no idea. I haven't even bothered to ask or look. Right. So I said, you know what? Let me just ask the guy. So I was like, what, what is the salary range for project managers at your company? It was higher than what I was making. <laughs> so a lot of times people just make these assumptions and they make those decisions off those, they make a decision off those assumptions. And that decision is not to even try. Yeah, it's easier not to take action. It is easier to make assumptions that keep you from taking action. 
Right. So even the step of saying, let me find a remote job. Right. So that's step one. And then step two is people don't apply. You see a job, you're like, well, this one looks good. And then you save it, but you don't apply for it for a number of reasons, especially when we start talking about women. Right. You know, women feel like they have to meet every of the criteria. And I tell people all the time, you don't you don't have to meet all the criteria listed to apply for the job. Just apply for the job. Worst case scenario, you get ignored and you're doing the same thing that you were doing yesterday. Like that's the worst case scenario. The great news is that worst case scenario is not that you're going to die or explode Mm -hmm. (laughs) from applying for a job. Best case scenario is you get the job, right? Um, So the way people take that leap is one to just accept and believe that there are positions available Two, just look, look and see, and you'll find out that there are. And then three, go and apply. And so I, I try to make it pretty easy. I have a free guide with my favorite places to find remote work. Uh, people can download that guide and there's a list of job boards in there where people can just click on the job board and actually just search for a job right in their, in their field. Uh, and then I have a mini course. It's like 17 videos. Um, and in there, there's a list of 75 places to find remote work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, there's just so many opportunities out there, so many opportunities out there. So people just have to use the resources available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it's that first step of like not buying into the assumption that you have to be technical, you have to have a certain amount of experience or they're not going to pay you well, because th- those are blockers. What are some of the job boards that you recommend? You don't have to give them all. We will definitely link people to your guide. <laughs> but but where are some? So um, some of my favorite job boards are uh, weworkremotely.com. Uh, they tend to have job postings across a number of different categories. What I like about them is that they do, they do a good job of tagging positions as anywhere in the world versus just in the U.S., Mm. And the reason I call that out is because working remotely doesn't always mean working from anywhere. So you do have to pay attention to that. Some places are going to require that you're in the U.S. So WeWorkRemotely.com is a good one. Remote.co is a good one. That's one that I use quite often. Uh, And FlexJobs is another good one. FlexJobs was actually started by a mom. And FlexJobs has been around for a very, very long time. I think they've been doing this since, I want to say 2005. And they pride themselves on combing through the positions that are posted on their site to make sure that they're not scams. Mm. Because a lot of those remote work for mom um, positions back in the day were a little scammy. They were like, you know, we're going to send you some envelopes and we just want you to stuff envelopes or, you know, random things. Um, I don't know if a long time ago there was this whole movement to target moms that are, you know, staying at home and finding ways to make extra money. So Flex Jobs uh, came about from a mom, the CEO of it is a mom, uh, to to create a place where more opportunities, better opportunities, and and viable, true, real opportunities could be found for moms. It's it's open to everyone. It's not just for moms. But um, the one thing I do want to call out is it is a paid site, and it's a paid site because they put that extra effort to comb through those positions. And mm. I think you can you can pay for it monthly or you can pay for it for three months. I usually recommend people do the three months because on average, it takes about 90 days to find a job, find and land a job. 
Yeah, you know, I, I actually think a while back I I didn't go through the paywall. I think there was a job not, and I know on flex jobs, and I think I didn't go through the paywall. So that definitely can be a barrier. But like, that's ridiculous. If you want the job, you know, is what it's probably yeah. like a couple of cups of coffee at most, right? Yeah, I think it's like twenty twenty four ninety nine right. or something. For, right. Yeah, it's not that bad. Right, and it's not like an ongoing subscription. You're gonna find a job, and then you can get off the and site. Then you drop out. Yeah, right? the idea, their hope is that you cancel your subscription at some point because mm. you got a job, right? Mm. That is the whole. But it's definitely not more than, you know, what we spend on brunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, okay, so you know what? So I'm thinking, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, okay, you have a full-time job. You obviously mm-hmm. love to travel. And so I really understand the wandering mom side. But you have a full-time job. You have a daughter. You must be so busy. So what is it for you that remote work gives you that you're so passionate that you also put all this time and energy into this like incredibly important side of your brand? But like, what did remote work give you that you are like being an evangelist for? <laughs> Freedom, man. Yeah. Um, in in a number of ways. So you kind of touched on being a woman in the office, right? Mm-hmm. I think. One of the things that I really appreciate that remote work does is it removes me from this 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 office uh, tradition of the the boys club, right? Yes. Um, I worked at a place where people really cared what time you got there and what time you left. <laughs> and because I I was the only woman, uh, only mother in my group, the only single mom in my group, the only mom really in my group. Um, I had to leave at a certain time. I couldn't be there until nine o'clock at night. So I would get there at eight and I would leave at five because I had to pick my daughter up. And my coworkers, my male coworkers would roll in around nine. Um, and between eight and five, I was working. Like I would sit down, heads down, get work done. They would roll in. They would, you know, chat it up. They'd get some work done. Don't get me wrong. They were hardworking guys. But throughout the day, they'd like go play basketball in little office basketball. They would like, we had remote control cars in the office. They would like race cars around during lunch. They'd go down to the sports bar and like watch basketball games and they'd be down there for an hour and a half, but they'd stay till nine. Mm -hmm. Right. So they could make it up. And somehow it was viewed that they were working harder than I was Mm -hmm. because they were there for longer. Right. And so in a remote work environment that gets taken away and I am being viewed on productivity what am I actually contributing to my teams? What value am I adding to my clients? What work am I actually getting done? And so for me, remote work really puts me in a position where I'm being graded on my work and not how much time I'm spending yeah. in, a, in a seat, right? Which is more important to me. I think the second thing is, um, one of the other big things is, so I'm very social. So I love being in the office. I, thankfully, I've only worked in one toxic environment. I know a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's that being in that toxic environment is just not great. I have friends who would go to work and would sit in their cars crying before they go into the office. Imagine. Right? So just being able to be in your space, in your safe space is huge. And since I mentioned safe space, I'd also add that I think it's it's it, it puts women in a better position, right? Because a lot of women are harassed at work right? People are harassed at work, but it happens to women more often. And so being in your safe space takes you away from from the probability of that happening. Um, But for me, one of the things I hate about being at the office is having to look busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it so much. So I happen to be very efficient. I get work done really quickly. 
And, you know, you have those days where it's like, I got everything done. I don't really have anything else I need to do. So what I'd love to do is work on my own stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when your boss walks by or somebody walks by, like you got to quickly change your screen back to those TPS reports right quick <laughs> so that you look busy. And I just think that's silly. Like we're adults, right? As long yes. as I'm getting my work done, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'd like to have that other time for myself. Now, if my if my job or my boss or my supervisor, or someone wants help with something or wants me to do something extra, I'm fine with that, too. I'm perfectly fine to do that. But this whole idea of having to look busy to just kind of put on this facade is really annoying. So I love being at home because it gives me the freedom to to manage my workload the way I the way I think is best. I really appreciate the freedom that it gives me from that perspective. And then the other piece is just obviously the freedom to work from wherever I want to work. I love that on any given day, I can decide to change my scenery, right? Like, you know, maybe tomorrow I want to work in a coffee shop or maybe Wednesday I want to co-work with some of my friends. I might go to a friend's house or maybe next week I want to, you know, work from Mexico. So I like that I get to choose where I feel most productive. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes wonderful sense. And the <laughs> thing that's so important to me to let people know is like, that's not a made up fantasy. Like you're actually saying these things because you actually do them. It's a real thing that people can do. And it's a lifestyle that you can absolutely have. It's not it's yeah. not like this imaginary thing or or only for certain types of people or, you know, types of jobs or whatever. You know, I think that's that's just so important. And like, when you were in, when you were doing your year around the world, did you, did you quit your job or did you take it with you? Um, I did, I did leave my job yeah. for that. Well, you had 30, was, you were like, babe, not babysitting, was, you were mom sitting 30 lot. women. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. I gathered that. Yeah. It was a lot, but, <laughs> but, you know, some of the people that were with me, they took their jobs with them. Mm-hmm. So I think five of the, five of the folks on the trip convinced their employer to let them work remotely. Um, Because they didn't work remotely before. And they convinced their employer to let them work remote so that they could travel. One person works in healthcare. um, Another person worked uh, in banking. Another person worked in education. So it was kind of all over the place, right? Uh, And a few people worked for themselves so that, you know, they could do whatever they want. And then just a couple of the folks weren't working. They took a sabbatical for a year, basically. Um, I was just going to ask you, would you use the word sabbatical for what you did? Or I mean, I know that you were really like the organizer of this thing. But like, so did you basically take a sabbatical and then come back and get a a new job? I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a sabbatical because in my mind, sabbaticals are relaxing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay so, so note to everyone, this don't organize 30 women. In my life. It was so much work. Yeah. It was so much work. Like imagine being with your customers no. every day for a whole year. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some people took sabbatical. No, I, I, I basically would categorize it as I left my job to be an entrepreneur for a year full time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you did not form the, form that into a business because you were like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I I did I did for a little while. So when I came back, I ran it um, from the U.S. and I would hire people to run the one month trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually considering starting those again. I think they would do so well. I mean, I see targeted toward younger people. I see all these companies like Remote Year and these other ones. And like, I think that they they need that certain kind of activity level and it's good for them. But I think there's a real spot for you out there. I actually think so. Remote Year is why I started my company. I started Mm -hmm. my company because 
re- I wanted to go on remote year, but they didn't accept people with kids. So it's like, I'll just do it myself. And actually it, it, it would be targeted to older, older people, people my age, you know, th- you know, 30 to 30 to 50 because remote year companies like remote year have so many more young people in it. Yeah. So folks kind of want to hang out with people their age. Um, and you'd be surprised the group that I that, that I took around the world was closer to was in late 30s um, to mid 40s. I will say remote years had kind of a huge span and age span. Um, and some of the people that were in remote year have also done my program as well. Really? So they might, so they might leave uh, remote year for a month and come hang out with me for a month or they've done my program after they left remote year. It's interesting that some people really need that structure. They need to mm-hmm. be a part of something to be remote. And then some people obviously don't, you know, they just go off and do yeah. it on their own. <laughs> well, I think part of it is um, the people that, that this works well for one, like you said, they don't want to be alone. They want to be with, some, they want to be with a community. Um, and two, they don't want to have to plan anything. They just want to kind of plop down mm. and, and do their thing. There was one young lady who, <laughs> who traveled with me for the year and when she got back, she was like, wait, I got to pay my own bills. no she's back in the u.s back in denver and she's like i don't want to i don't want to do any of these things i don't want to take care of myself i just want to sit down and do my work and go have fun yeah um so yeah some people it works really well for the folks who you know they just don't want to have to worry about trying to find somewhere to live um in another country they don't want to have to figure out where they're going to work from and all that and the program came with you got an apartment for a month you got a co-working space. Um, we gave them transit cards and we planned an activity or a tour or something excursion uh, once a week. Wow. It's like wow. being on a cruise. Yeah. It's like being on vacation for mm-hmm. a year. Right. Basically. Right. It's like being on a workation for a year. And and how many, now 30 moms joined you on that? It wasn't all moms. It wasn't all moms. Actually, it's only two, only two moms joined. Mm. Yeah. The rest was just, you know, regular folks. We had three guys that joined, uh, but mostly women. Oh, I bet those poor, those poor guys got it handed to them all the time, man. They learned a lot, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. They, they often ended up in conversations having to speak for all men. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I can definitely see that. But that's, see, but like, look, like 30 people did that with you for a year. I mean, the appetite is there and it's been there and that's just, that's so encouraging and exciting. And I mean, the fact that they were all ready in that moment to like take the leap at the same time. Yeah, I'm very proud of every person that left that got on that plane with me. It's a it's a big deal. It's not I, 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 I cannot downplay it at all. It's mm-hmm. a huge um, I think it's a huge act of bravery in a in a world, in a society where we're told how we're how our lives are supposed to go. And for them to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to veer off this path. I'm just going to veer off this path and try something different. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can't downplay it at all. I'm so proud of every single one of those folks um, that got on that plane with me on July 31st, 2016. Man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> it, do- it probably does feel like a long time ago, but also that it was like just yesterday, right? Time flies like crazy. Same time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but I mean, I, so that's that's what's so important to me. And that's like really what drives me is that everyone would say to me throughout that all that time I spent abroad, like living a completely different life than what was handed to me. You know, they would say to me, like, you're so lucky. 
And it's like, no, it's not luck. First of all, because it's not all great. Okay. It's definitely not all, you know, fairies and rainbows. Um, but also because like I just took steps to make it happen. Maybe it was being naive. Maybe I really didn't know another way. Maybe I knew I didn't want to live in the US, you know, a lot of the time because sometimes it's hard to live here. But, yeah. you know, no matter what, it's not luck. It's really taking action and finding a way to make those things happen for yourself. And what you did was you made that happen for, for 30 people. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, I, I, I think that people get so wrapped around the big, the bigness of it. Right. Um, it's like, it's like, you know, I want to build, I'm going to build a skyscraper. Well, I mean, you don't just wake up one day and, and put the whole skyscraper together. You've got it. You lay a foundation and then you lay a brick and then you lay another brick. It's not, it's not as big and scary as you think it is. It's just some steps that end up leading to something pretty big. Mm-hmm. And you think, damn, I can't build a size skyscraper, but I can lay a brick <laughs> and then I can lay another brick. And then, damn, you look up and holy crap, I built a size skyscraper. So I, I, it, it's definitely not luck. Like you said, it's definitely work. It's definitely decisions. It's definitely courage. Um, because like you said, it's not all fun and rainbows. Like we weren't just flitting about the world for a whole year. Mm-hmm. It, there was some hard stuff happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you make a decision to take yourself out of your normal life for a year. You're also making a decision to take yourself out of the lives of your loved ones for a year. Yeah. You know, we missed weddings. We missed births. We missed deaths. We missed so much. Um, taking a different path. Right. So it wasn't <laughs> it definitely wasn't easy for sure. And we experienced some, some tough things as well. But I mean, like you said, it's just making some decisions. It's just taking some actions. It's not big. It's not scary. If you think about it as just a few actions, right? I mean, yes. A- amen. And I, you know, where, okay. So I feel like that seems like a good place to cut this out. So um, how can people take action with you? Because you, what you do is you hand people so many examples and say, here, take action. That's what you do is you give people a, no excuses to take action. So how can people find you? And also definitely please mention um, how they can sign up for the, for your guide so they can see all those companies. For sure. Okay. So um, I hang out most on Instagram. So you can find me at Libria Jones on Instagram. And I'm sure we'll figure out how to put a link in and spell that. Uh, <laughs> L-I-B-R-Y-I-A. Jones. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, so I hang out most on Instagram and actually all of my resources, my course and everything I do is linked in my bio on Instagram. Uh, I also recently launched YouTube and I do a live Q&A every Tuesday on YouTube. So when people have questions, they can hang out with me on YouTube on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 central. Uh, and then uh, I have a website, libriajones.com as well. So you can get all the good stuff there as well. So Instagram, YouTube, and my website are the best places to find find me. Thank you so much for being on the show. I think you provide just such a great example and just a beacon of what's possible, how to make your life what you want it to be. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Adventure Calls. If you liked what you heard, please hit follow or subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this so you can get each new episode as they're released. If you want to support the show, honestly, the best thing you can do is head over to Apple Podcasts. That's where the majority of my listeners are. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings a podcast has, the more Apple's algorithm recommends it to future listeners. So thank you so much if you've already gone over and done that. And if you're thinking of a way that you want to support the show, that's the absolute best way I can think of. 
Now, if you're ready to take the leap, if you're inspired and you want to follow your call to adventure, head over to jessicadrucker.com forward slash checklist and get your free how to move abroad checklist. This is a free eight page step-by-step resource that I use with my clients. It helps you plot your escape and make the most of your move abroad. That's jessicadrucker.com forward slash checklist, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-D-R-U-C-K-E-R.com forward slash checklist. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Adventure Calls. See you next time.